Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are back with episode 24. Damn. 24? 25? I think it's 24. Oh, I think it's 25. Damn. Holy yeah. crap. Okay. 25. Quarter. Wow. All right. Should we uh, should we light into these current events? Because the last episode was Jimmy Smith. It was an awesome episode, but we didn't get to talk about all the crazy shit going on. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to start? I you lead me lead me in. I mean, you got alphabetical order here. You got Afghanistan. I mean, that's, you know, wrapping up news wide right now. Yep. I think it's just begun. I you know, the the thing is, is does this actually enlighten anyone to the poor leadership inside organizations or is it the entire leadership inside the military? What, what, what do you think was, was the cause of this? I mean, you know, you see a lot of guys that that's talking, especially like the black rifle coffee guys on the podcast you sent me, you know, and, and you see them talk about like the wokeness in the military and the bullshit and everybody worrying more about all of that garbage and, and not actually worrying about how to run the fucking military. Um, I don't know enough about it to, to say, but I mean, it sounds, sounds perfectly right on from what I hear from, you know, all my friends that are in, it, it sounds like that's a big fucking issue. Yeah, I think that's uh, one segment that is a huge problem is the leadership in the military and their calling. I mean, there's some stuff coming out right now. Today, 
I heard that uh, Secretary of State uh, Blinken, you know, basically had tried to wash out one of um, uh, Trump's legislations or not. I shouldn't say legislation, but basically had a um, uh, I don't want to screw up the details here, but basically it nullifies having support from the State Department in an event like this, which is telling everybody that he knew what was going to happen in uh, Afghanistan. That was going to fall apart, but he didn't want responsibility in it. So by nullifying uh, Trump's, um, boy, it's, it's, we have to look it up. So I wish would, it, I knew. would it be basically, basically pulling the State Department's responsibility? It's pushing the responsibility <laughs> off to the Pentagon. Okay. So that's coming out right now. Um, the other thing that really has hit me on this is I think it's all tied together. You know how most of the guys are getting getting uh, folks out or getting the interpreters and their families out and the American citizens out. And it's kind of fishy that, you know, this 100,000 that, you know, Biden's patting himself on the back about. All of those are just, I mean, these people need interpreters. These are just Afghani refugees. So this has nothing to do with the original. These aren't friends and allies these necessarily. Yeah, the, not the targeted population that we would have strategically pulled out. So what's uh, crazy about it? And, you know, if you want to take put a bookmark on this and follow up on this a month later is where are these folks going to end up? And I'm willing to bet that these folks are going to end up in the uh, swing states. Yeah. If you can think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that would that would make a lot of sense. Um, And it's kind of questionable, right? Because these aren't just they're not just instantly given visas. Right. Right. I mean, they still have to go through and apply and and get issued their visas and they have to go through all the same paperwork to get a citizenship. So is this basically just like the southern border? Yeah, you hit it right in the head. I was just going to say that is uh, it's kind of fishy that you got the southern border wide open going into these swing states. And then you have a, you know, non-civ or non-special visa folks that were basically all pulled into these uh, planes. I think 15 uh, planes landed in Fort McCoy, which is close to us, yesterday. And feds are pushing to get another 11,000 here in Wisconsin. So, And somebody that somebody I was talking to said that those people, and, and, and I get it, they're human beings, and, and, and human rights are super important, but somebody was saying that, they can, that they're just going to be able to come and go as they please. Yeah. That seems questionable to me for non-citizens right like once you get your citizenship that makes perfect sense but for non-citizens that should be treated like a foreign country yeah in the middle of wisconsin yeah and texas right those are the two big bases that they're putting them up at yeah two of the the most known uh, now i'm hearing that they're funneling through into pennsylvania uh philadelphia um looking at florida you don't see any in california that's weird so i don't know it's I think all of this is tied together. I mean, you know, get the tinfoil hat out, but I'm willing to bet that in the next couple of months you're going to see that. I think the Democrats are just pushing these four years to get reelected. They spent a ton of effort on that. So, you know, we can talk about the military, but I think everything is starting to point to this. Uh, what do you think the chances are that in negotiations with the Taliban, China wanted to buy all the nutrient rights, mineral rights from Afghanistan and leaned on the Taliban and said, hey, we want to buy, you know, we're going to give you 
10 cents on the dollar for all of these mineral rights. And the Taliban said, sounds good. We'll take your payment. Your responsibility is to get the United States out of here so we can sell you these rights. We can take over the country and then we will be running the country and can sell you these rights. And then China leaned on the current administration and said, you, you need to get out immediately. Yeah. I'm willing to bet, uh, bet a ton on that. Wow. Everybody's going to give you the tinfoil hat now. But I, and that's fine. You can put the tinfoil hat on, but we all know how backroom negotiations go. We've all been in the middle of it. I mean, yeah. I, I do it for a living. It's not, you know, it's on such a smaller scale, but it's all right. I'm in, I can't come down any lower on this price, but I can get this out of you, right? Features the benefits. And yeah. it's and it's negotiating with everything that you have to negotiate with. And right there would make perfect sense. No, we're not going to come down. You know, we'll come down to 20 cents on the dollar versus 30 cents on the dollar. But your responsibility is going to be getting them out of here because if we have to keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting to win these battles, then it's going to cost us that much longer. And it's going to take us, you know, cost us that much more money and take us that much yeah. longer. And now is the prime time. I mean, lithium is a uh... So is really needed in the next move of technology here. So there was a and I'm going to have to look this up. I can't exactly remember if, if you guys want to look this up. It's super simple to find. But there was a, a scientist that was originally from the battery department at Tesla that ended up finding out how to blend lithium with this black sand, this black mineral sand. And it makes batteries like 100 times more. Um, hundred times stronger or hundred times lighter, right? Depending on if you want a lighter battery or a stronger right. battery. Um, and that technology technology is just at the verge of getting, you know, patented. So that that would mean that we need that much less li- less lithium. But I don't know how that black sand, whatever they're, it's called black sand. But I don't know, yeah. you know, where that where does that come from? What is that involved? Is that something that's man made? Is it something they have to mine for? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, advantages for China to be taking Afghanistan. Not only just resources, but you're talking, you know, the the obvious clue should have been when we pulled out and our embassy shut down. I mean, China and Russia pretty much were open for business. So, you know, something's got to really tell you something there versus, you know, the media spinning that, oh, well, you know, Biden's ending the endless wars. Well, there, was, there wasn't a war going on. There hadn't been a casualties, what, for 18 years? Yeah, you know, it was it was the you know it was the Afghan National Army and we were su- support and training, right? I mean that was the idea. Yeah, I mean basically we trained them to use us as air support, and um, yeah, that's literally we're just working hand in hand with them. I mean if you're if you're China though, right? The 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 friend of my enemy. No, what? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Yeah. So right there, you look at the Taliban. Do you know? Um, is there much of an Islamic population in China? Is there much of an Islamic? Uh, not, not very. I mean, you'd be surprised when I'm in China over there. I actually see a lot of uh, uh, either Christians or Buddhists. Okay. So there's not a big Islamic rush over there. Okay. Because that would be something, yes, you know, their 50-year plan, I understand, is getting all this stuff. But that would be something I would worry about as far as China. Because whenever a religion that's that powerful comes in, you as the government are number two. You're not number one in a value structure in that entire. And that's part of the reason that the Middle East is the way that it is right now is because, you know, Islam is a religion, but it's also a a governmental, you know, body, basically. Yeah, you slip something in there. I mean, the China, the 50 year plan here. I mean, people have to realize that, you know, China's there's a lot that they have against the U.S. And, you know, quoting back to what Sun Chu is to win a 
just to have a victory without firing a shot. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they're going to play. So don't think that they're just going to, you know, they're not going to come here and invade and, you know, force conventional war. No, this is chess. Yeah. They're playing chess. They're playing 50-year chess. And we're playing checkers every four years. Yeah. yeah because I don't ta- like your guy. I'm going to vote in my guy. Yeah. I don't like you. I don't, you don't like my guy. I don't like you across the street from oh, me. Oh, yeah. And then you got the vaccination and now everybody's, you know, the unvaccinated, the vaccinated. And I just talked to my uh, family yesterday that's over there and they're like, yeah, we don't have anything going on. The pandemic's pretty much cleared here. So they're like, yeah, you better be careful over there where you are, where they're speaking to me. It's like, it's more of a power play now. So, so they're not worried about vaccines over there. They're not worried about the, you know, pandemic or she calls it an epidemic all the time. But, you know, what are we doing here? Well, so first of all, we're, we're pushing fear, right? We're fear mongers. My daughter has a stuffy nose. She had to come home from school Wednesday. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think I saw a post on that. She had to come home from school Wednesday. She had to get a COVID test. She The, the nurse calls my wife. She's like, um, yeah, she has a stuffy nose and she said her throat hurts a little bit. So um, I would suggest you go get a COVID test and uh, maybe a strep test. And my wife's like, I'm probably not going to get her a COVID test. Like, I'll come get her. But she's like, oh, well, actually, you have to have one to come back. So she gets the rapid test and she gets the long term test done. The rapid test comes back negative. She still can't come back to school. Can't come back to school until the regular test comes back negative. What's wrong with the rapid test? I have no fucking idea. So the rapid test comes back today at noon. Well, so my daughter's been off school since Wednesday at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. But they won't take the rapid. They won't take the rapid. They do it. So what are they paying for the test? I have no idea. They must be. I mean, they, you know, they offered to do it there. I don't know. Oh, who, so they who did is, the test. Yeah, there? they did the test at school. But apparently in the in the Madison Metropolitan School District, which is way worse than Sun Prairie, they have testing rapid testing kiosks out front. And if you test positive, you get or negative, you come back into school. Jeez. I mean, what is that doing? I mean, you got this, you know, like you're talking about fear, but the fatality rate. I mean, let's go a little farther. The fatality rate of whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated is the same. By what? what what's the delta? I'm not talking delta variant. Yeah. I'm talking delta percentages. You're talking a fraction of yeah. a percent. Yeah. Where the fatality risk is already a fraction of a percent. And we do a lot of stuff every day that is a higher risk than a fraction of a percent. I mean, should and we just thing, not and stop and driving, a, stop and that's eating? The thing. And right there, you hit it right on the head. I'm not, I, I'm not saying COVID's not real. I had it. Trust me. It sucks. But I've also had a lot of other things that fucking right. suck. Right. I am saying that I take a calculated risk every time I get in my car. I take a calculated risk every time I put food that I didn't prepare in my stomach. Right. I take a right. calculated risk all the time. I'm not I'm not scared. and I'm not letting it run my life. Yeah. I mean, you have every ability to mitigate every risk in your life. Yeah. Or you have every ability to sit in your room. So, you know, we are America. Um, we have the freedom. If, if you want to stay home and sit in a little bubble, that's, you know, your choice. But don't infringe that on everyone else. I mean, yeah. you know, our whole country is turning into where, how is it that all these unhealthy people are just raining down unhealthy people? I mean, we manage our health. And that's why we're not scared of what's there, right? When you manage your health, you got more information that you're taking in, learning about your body, learning about your health, learning about your immune system, and learning about whether to, or not to take the vaccine. 
But it's, it's, it's comparison, right? It's, it's saying I would have to work really hard to be healthy and be safe. You do work really hard to be healthy and safe. I don't want to have to work and be healthy and safe. So I am going to shit on you for putting in the work because it'll make me feel better about not putting in the work. Yeah, I think that's exactly right because, it, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. It's, you know, measles, mumps were great. You know, polio obviously worked. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If I'm doing just a very little bit of homework, like first layer, I know that, hey, guess what? These vaxxers haven't gone through the testing. These vaxxers technically aren't fully approved like they say they are. And it's not, you know, the approved aren't available anyway. Yeah, and, and what just happened in Japan, another 2 million doses got pulled because there was foreign object, foreign contaminants in the vials. Oh, yeah. And right now there's a possibility that the spike protein could be, you know, a neurotoxin because the, the rate of deaths right now reported by a government by VAERS is basically showing that there's more death just from these vaccinations than the history of any other vaccination combined. So to me, wouldn't that be a you know risk reward analysis? Like, so I will say the weird one with that VAERS is is VAERS um, doesn't take in it takes in the amount of deaths, right? So you read fifty thousand deaths, and that looks really fucking scary. But that doesn't necessarily mean fifty thousand deaths from the vaccination. That means fifty thousand deaths. So how many people have been va- been vaccinated in our country? There's what three hundred million people. Um, we're yeah. at what forty percent. So three fifty, and they're saying it's. Some people are reporting 51%. Some are yeah. saying so, you know, 40%. So let's say 150 million, right? So 50,000 deaths looks really scary until you look at it at, at, at 100 versus 150 million. And then it just looks like a normal death rate. Right. Because people are born every day and people die every day. So that's also a weird one with VAERS. You got to kind of sift through and look at the research and look at the numbers yeah. in a bigger format. Yeah. But And what they're saying too, or, you know, what's being collected in the data portion is those that are dying from the fatalities, you know, four to five percent of that is directly from COVID. Yeah. So the rest of it has at least an average of what is it? And it was even Rogan too. They they did the uh, they looked it up four to five percent comorbidities or four to five different comorbidities, not percent. Yeah. Out of all the deaths. So it's okay. So we got Afghanistan A. I don't think there's anything for B. C we got COVID. What's next? I don't know. I just what hope, else is going on? I just hope nobody turned it off after you start talking. I know, COVID. right? I think I, people are so sick of it yeah, now. I I, that, that's kind of why I was like, all right, let's let's move on. Let's let's get into the next. But just uh, try, just trying to give you data events. and yep. just not yeah. just trying to explain. You know, hey, we're not anti-vaxxers or label anything. We're just people that you know what we're doing research yeah. before we you know make a decision that's going to affect you know our families long term. Yeah, that's all it is. All right, what else is going on? In current events. Shit, I don't know. There's a ton of shit going on in China right now. What's going on in China? Tell me what's going on in China. Oh, they are now trying to tell parents uh, to sum it up how to raise their kids. They're um, controlling how much time a child is on uh, electronic device. I think what three hours a day, three hours over three days. I don't know. There, there's a lot of. I don't uh, hate that. I don't hate that. I get that it's parenting and I get that it's government stepping in and it's and it's invading boundaries. I get that and invading freedoms. But I also don't hate the idea of what they're trying to do there. So I'm Uh, not going to say it's okay. I like it as a guideline. Yes. Just like, I mean, our 
government should be doing some quote, you know, public service announcements on, hey, guess what? If your waistline is, you know, freaking 40 some inches, you might want to do this. And right. You know, maybe have Biden do a jazzercise, you know, video class you can log into every Let's day or something. It. So or maybe Harris, she could be good for something. Right. Some, you know, jazzercise. Um, Elon Musk is releasing a robot. No, I didn't see that. You didn't? Human, human, robot? humanistic robot. Humanistic? That's not the right word. Human. Like the iRobot movie? Basically, it you looks like that? the iRobot movie. It does. Oh, really? Yeah, it legitimately looks like the iRobot movie. Robot. So what's it's the purpose, reasoning. Do Labor? All, to help. Help. It's going to help around the house. It's going to do specific. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't exactly remember what um, what it's supposed to do. We can figure that out later and, and chat about it for the next podcast. But Damn. but yeah, no. It, and that. Dude, he he's he's on the verge of super genius and super villain. When you think about like the cartoons that we had growing up. Yeah. Like he's right on that verge. Like I could see him crossing over at some point in time into that like super villain role. Right. No kidding. I mean, dude, uh... SpaceX, Tesla, Solar City, the tunnel from L.A. to San Francisco, Skynet. If you don't, you know what Skynet is. Uh, Is it called Skynet? Yeah, it's called Skynet. Skynet's from the Terminator movie, man. But I think it's called Skynet. No, you're going to have to look that one up because. All right. Give me a second. If it's Skynet, then, you know, this is getting a little eerie here. It was, I well, and he's that, he, no, he, he's one oh, Starlink, Starlink. Starlink Shit, I was wrong. Like, oh, okay, jeez. Right. <laughs> so Starlink is um, satellite internet. So every time SpaceX flies flights, part of what pays for those flights is people to send up satellites. Um, they do some um, human flights, but a lot of it is just sending satellites up because we don't think about it. Like we th- we send garbage into space every fucking day or every month. Yeah. And so Starlink is satellites that link together and basically create a network of of a net if you think of what a fish net would look like um of network for for satellite internet Jeez. and it will give satellite it will give satellite Damn. internet to all these areas where you there is no fiber there is no cable there is no um phone line right um he's not gonna end up being the new uh bill gates or uh facebook dude Collecting information. That's a lot so, of packets going through space here. So Bill Gates is a weird one. I have no idea. Like Rogan always said, I would like to get that guy so fucking high on mushrooms and have a conversation with him. Like what's really in his head? Like what does he really think he's helping people or is he really just a mad, you know, a fucking mad scientist, madman no, that's really? like trying to, you know, depopulize depopulize the the earth you know like or does he really think he's helping you know because it started out with the biggest thing so the number one killer of all humans throughout history is malaria so it started out with trying to get malaria in tract and they've done a lot of things there's these awesome in these awesome mosquitoes that they've genetically engineered one mosquito will then have a baby the baby is can't have more babies. What's that called? Infertile? Whatever. So these mosquitoes come in, they they take over an entire populace in an area, kill off all the other native mosquitoes. They have babies, but then those babies can't have babies. So it, it is 
removing insect populations or mosquito populations from these areas drastically because insects are what transfer malaria. Um, So like that's 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 huge. Right. Like that's the number one killer of humans ever. But then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and you start to hear the things he's talking about and it gets a little bit weird. So it's like, I don't fucking know. But anyways, Mark Zuckerberg's just I, I don't honestly think that he is doing any of it for any sort of malicious reason. I think he's just egotistical and on the autism spectrum and he's going to get more powerful and more powerful and more powerful just because power is power. Right. I think he's just gotten power hungry, not by intent, but yeah, just because situation he's in. And I think that's less scary than somebody that's idealistic, right? Like somebody like Bill Gates, that's idealistic. Like then they can explain away anything that they do. Yeah. Plus I heard he's some kind of sex fiend or something. It's got some weird shit. Who isn't? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I don't know, man. Sounds like he's got some weird shit going on, but well, yeah. that's kind of what comes out, right? Like he's getting a divorce, isn't that? Isn't that right? Yeah, he's getting a divorce. He had some side deal, uh, meet with like his ex girlfriend or wife or something. I don't know what the deal was to, for conjugal visits. And <laughs> just- well, I mean, that's it's a weird thing, right? It's this weird balance between what drives a human being to become so powerful because that's, that's not normal. Like that, that drive to be so to perfect something so awesome that you become that powerful. But it's kind of like with Trump and Clinton, there's also some bad shit that comes along with that drive, you know? So yeah. like, how do you have it without having the yeah, bad? Trump, yeah, Trump had a, like the rock star, you know, thing going on. Yeah, yeah, dude, he married some like how how much younger is Melania? She's a fucking model. <laughs> He's this old like I don't oh, work out because you only right. have so many. Yeah, Melania's uh, my age. Yeah, yeah, you only <laughs> you only, you only have so many heartbeats in a life. So why would I elevate my heart rate working out? That was that was what he said. <laughs> right. You so cut like, the McDonald's back too. This is weird. Fucking. It's this weird thing. It's it with with the hunger for greatness also comes so many other weird things. And, and that's kind of a, a fuck. I mean, the guy who created uh McAfee, like you ever hear the story about him? No, the McAfee antivirus. Where are we after time he died? But okay, no. we're at 23 minutes. All right, let's get into this and then we'll deep dive. <laughs> the guy that created the McAfee antivirus created it. And within a few years, sold it off and became wealthier than you and I would ever even understand. I mean, he he bought an island or bought a huge plot on an island and he moved to like somewhere in Bolivia or some crazy country in South America, right? Yeah. And this dude's fucking weird. Like he was paying girls to shit on a table over him. Um was like creating some he had like his own militia in this country and all this fucking crazy shit killed his neighbor over some weird dispute was in and out of court for that was jacked up on some crazy local drug at some local handmade amphetamine all the time was like people were speculating that he had something to do with this like drug populating like it's just all these crazy stories one after another after another after another and then he dies and you're like oh like that same fucking weirdness that made this guy so crazy is also why he sat in his bedroom and coded this antivirus software by himself 
in a fucking year or whatever. That's some weird shit, man. Right? Weird shit. So there's so much stuff, man. There's Mexico and there's fentanyl coming over here by the tons. So, oh, this is one thing I wanted to get out. You know, you don't because of the media narrative, like I told I told you about this pharma book, right? So it was awesome. Um, finish the Jack Carr books. Jack in one of the um books, he mentions this book Pharma by Gerald Posner, I think. And I thought it was a fictitious book because I couldn't find it. And I just did a quick search and I couldn't find it. So I, I write him quick. I'm like, hey, is there any real book that you were thinking of when you quoted this book? And he writes back, no, it's a real book. And he gives me the author. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I find it and I start reading it. Um, this book is fucking awesome. I mean, it's it's called Pharma and it goes all the way back to the early 1900s when there was it was the Wild West. There was there was barbiturates, cocaine heroin, alcohol, and then natural additives like roots and all that type of shit. That was all there was for 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 drugs. There was no pharmaceuticals oh, yeah. because there was no pharmacy and there was no prescriptions. There was just all these drugs. And like before the FDA, there was formaldehyde added to milk just to clear cover the spoilage smell so that they could sell milk to schools. Like it was fucked up. Like oh. it was just ruthless business with zero morals. I think some crazy like 40% of the butter that they tested had zero dairy in it at all. It was just like homogenized oil. It was just all this fucked up stuff. Anyways, completely this guy's this guy in this book completely skims over. But he mentions that prescription drugs. Right. So you can only advertise prescription drugs in two countries. I think it's New Zealand and the United States. So those are the only the only countries where you can advertise prescription drugs to the actual end consumer. Otherwise, it has to be advertised. You can advertise, but it's only advertised to the person writing the prescription. Um, well, in the United States, there's no because we have a personal payer system. It's not a government paying for it. Prescription drugs are the you set the price wherever you want them to set them. Because yeah. if if you go to the doctor and they say you need so-and-so prescription for your shoulder that's sore, right? You're not saying, well, I can't afford that prescription because your, your health insurance is paying for it. So they set it wherever they want. So the Trump administration was trying to implement prescription pricing reform that would set all of the prices for all American prescriptions based on the average price of 17 different first world countries. Jeez. Make perfect sense. Yeah. Right. Because in those countries, those prices are set. So I'm not we're not saying it has to be exactly what France is, but we're saying it would be based off of an average of 17 countries where those prices are set. Completely just mentions it and skims right over it like that would be a big fucking deal. Well, yeah. But in the the book goes way further into it. It's like one or two families that basically pushed marketing for all pharmaceuticals and was had their hands in every pharmaceutical company in the 30s 40s 50s and then would also they would just they would just make companies and 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 license llcs and make all these companies and it would be the you know magazine for scientific research that they would then start under a dummy company and then they would do their own scientific research to be able to quote this scientific research in these art in these advertisements that they would then send out and it was just it was it was all bullshit but that then snowballed into the ridiculous disgusting problem we have right now with 
pharmaceutical drugs, pharmaceutical drug prices, all the drugs that are being you you know abused. It was it was all of this. It yeah. was caused by this this basically one family of three guys. Jeez. So it's the history of pharma, technically? Yes. Basically it's the history of pharma and, and where it went wrong. Well. And I'm not even all the way through it. I'd like I I would talk more about it, but I'm only through um basically like the 50s and 60s right now. So we're not even to really the the epidemics that we're seeing right now. Yeah. So deep dive well. today. <laughs> Deep dive into masculinity. Masculinity. Where should we start? What is it? Define it. Define masculinity. My definition is possessing traits traditionally attributed to men. Now, with that definition, it then goes into online when you're reading um, aggressiveness and some other stuff that, yes, in theory, is part of masculinity, but it's also semantics, right? Because when you say aggressive today, that means way different than what aggressive meant 30, 40 years ago. Right. Aggressive now is almost looked at as a negative thing, which in some instances it is, in some instances it, it isn't, but it's assumably negative now, which assumably used to be positive. That's what Google is saying. What is Google? Tell me what Google says. What Google is saying is qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men. Handsome, muscled, and driven. He's a prime example of masculinity. Ooh, I like Google's definition. Google's isn't as negative as Merriam-Webster's. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where you pulled that from? Yeah. Well, I kind of, I made my own definition off of their definition. But, so let's talk about traits. I just have a a laundry list of traits here that... You know, I sort of pulled, pulled from some books, pulled from some videos. Um, Strong when needs to be strong, compassionate when required, strong, but not a bully, firm, patient, a natural leader, whether they hold a leadership role or not, persistent that doesn't back down from goals, physically and emotionally defend himself and his tribe, sharp mind and body courageous which is facing fear like the fear podcast not being fearless courageous outgoing and experience focused so you're focusing more on experiences less on achieving things more on achieving experience um humble confident not arrogant uh purpose driven speaks with reason educated which doesn't mean educated as far as Ivy League education or college education, just a thirst for knowledge, has a has a strong knowledge base, um, empowers others around them to reach their goals, a strong, strict value structure, lead by examples, feels emotions. And this is a big one, feels all emotions like everyone else, but understands how to control these emotions without letting the emotions control you, which I think is one of those big kind of um misconceptions of of a masculine man of a masculine human is oh they're they're emotionless or they don't feel emotion no you feel all emotion but in that gap between emotion and action you have control and then can dictate the action that comes from the emotion right yep and decisive those are my list of traits Wow, you got those through those pretty quick. 
It was a big ass list. Well, I, I sent you my <laughs> notes to print off for me today and they were four pages, which is a little bit more excessive. But I also think you usually print them in like way smaller font than this. I know. I figured your eyes are getting bad as you get older. Ooh, ouch. God, hopefully I'm not in a wheelchair by the time I'm your age. No, man. Zing. There's hope for you. Zing. <laughs> um, and I have, uh, you know, masculinity, it takes work and it takes sacrifice and it takes resolve. And right. We live in a we live in a population of people that want to take the easy way out and they want comfort. And rather than putting in the effort to be more positive and, and more masculine, they then demonize the men that are doing it. Um, and I have it. I really thought through this and I started thinking about it and I'm like, right, we, we all hear toxic masculinity, but really what's toxic is the last lack of masculinity. So then I started attributing and, and, and breaking that down and really thinking more about that. And I think instead of instead of two, I think there's three types or three buckets or three categories of men. And, and you're not, nobody is all of one, right? Like it's just, you attribute a lot more of your characteristics from one, or you get a lot more of your characteristics from one bucket. And the first bucket is going to be the masculine men. The masculine men is men that strive to be masculine and generally go about their business according to their own value structure and consistently work towards living life with the above listed masculine traits. Like that is what a mask, that's what masculinity is. Right. Yeah. But then there's false masculine and I, and I coined these guys F masks. And I think the F masks are lazy and they want to be comfortable and they spend a lot of time faking masculinity. And that's where the that's where the idea of toxic masculinity comes from is actually from the F masks. It's the guys who fake it by telling everyone how they do things, telling them how hard they work, telling them, telling people how smart they are repeatedly bragging and vocalizing to themselves and others. And that's one of the key things is telling themselves and not being honest with themselves. And then they're not actually putting in the effort. So what happens then is because they are not being true to themselves and they're not putting in the effort, it then subconsciously manifests itself in the opposite traits of a lot of those traits that we said. So then confidence becomes arrogance and control becomes domineering and strength becomes bullying and aggression towards weaker individuals because then that puts you on a pedestal, right? Because yes, I'm not stronger than this guy over here who's really an actual good human being, but I'm stronger than this guy over here who might be trying to be better, but he's just not right now because due to yeah. physical defect or whatever. Womanizing, they numb themselves and they're ignorant. Now, that right there is a big ass billboard that that human being. So we'll call that we'll call that human being Jay, right? Jay then gives the third group of males, the beta males or the effeminate males, which is fine. There's there, if that's where you want to be, then that's OK. But what that does is then that gives them a, a billboard or, or Jay is a person that they then say this is masculinity. It's not it's not, you know. Lee over here, who is everything that we said a masculine man was, because if we if we point at Lee, then we have to put in that work. Right. But if we point at Jay, then we can say this is toxic masculinity. But the F masks Jay over here is then 
giving them something to say. You're talking about the Jays giving the betas. <laughs> yes, giving the betas a a, a, a straw ones, uh, man. It's a straw man argument, right? Like yeah. like Rush Limbaugh was the best at the straw man argument. He would he would put this you know this fake person up on the on the stand and demonize them. But this fake person isn't even a real person. You're you're giving them all these attributes that you want to argue against just to look better, yeah. and that's what that's what the betas end up doing. And they demonize masculinity, but it's not demonizing real masculinity. It's demonizing the F masks. You know what I mean? Right. And that's where the idea of toxic masculinity comes from. It shouldn't be toxic masculinity. I have written down here. It should actually be called the toxic lack of masculinity. Yeah, no kidding. But that's what you see right now. And, uh, you know, so we talked about the argument between the unhealthy criticizing the healthy, right? Yeah. And that is that it instantly is what I thought of when you brought that up. And then you get I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but the sneaker fish, right? Yeah. Like you get you get these these. So the J group is the sneaker fish. No, no. To the betas are the are the sneaker fish. The the J group is just yeah. The J group is just so insecure. The J guy, you know, the F masks are so insecure about their own abilities that they then manifest into all of these shitty toxic traits yeah and then the betas end up being the sneaker fish because they point and they go you don't want that guy you don't want to you don't want to find somebody like that guy you don't want to date somebody like that guy you want to date some nice you know nice boy like me and that's the sneaker fish move right pretending to be the best friend sneak in and then plant your seed and and multiply your dna so the masculine dude isn't even in that comparison there. Not really. Which just makes a lot of sense, yeah. And then I think and I and I wrote this down, I I think that it manifests itself in a lot of unhappy marriages and relationships. I think it manifests itself in a lot of women who are dating men who they thought were a good fit or married men who they thought were a good fit, but they're more of a they're more of a girlfriend. You know, they're more of a, a BFF than they are an actual lover. Yeah. They're not a they're not a supporter. They're not a provider. They're not a strong backbone to lean on. They're not someone that that pushes you to be the absolute best person that you can be and and supports your dreams. They're somebody who you can, you know, you can sit around and 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 talk small things with. Right. Talk shit. You can yeah. make excuses. Go clothes shopping. Yeah. Go clothes <laughs> shopping. Um, so I think that's. That's one of the problems with this whole idea of toxic masculinity is that we we didn't we don't separate, you know, right? Because it doesn't make as good of a meme if you separate real men and real masculinity from the F masks. Yeah. I think that's where the battle begins. Yep. You know, the beta males. I don't know. And I don't think I don't think you need like that's fine. That's if, if that's where you want to be. You just don't want them running the country. They Sorry, should slipping that one in. They should never <laughs> they should never be in a in a place of power, a place of leadership. But one of the problems is that anybody that wants those jobs should not have them. Yeah. And that exactly that's kind of an overgeneralization. But if you're pushing for power, you should never have fucking power. Power should come naturally because you're a natural leader that understands whatever you're in, whether it's whether it's a business, whether it's a military setting, whether it's a gym setting, whether it's a friendship. People should come to you because you're knowledgeable and you are. 
motivational and inspiring and you support their biggest fucking dreams right like yeah. you are the person that they're like hey i had this idea and they're like man i know this guy and i know this guy they're going to be the perfect person for you to talk to whether you go through with it or not this is this is where you need to start if you need anything from me i am here to fucking help you because i want to see everyone in my life become so successful and be so happy and just be give their gift right they give 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 their gift to the world yeah but that's not the type of people who are in leadership no i think a great movie that kind of illustrates the whole thing even comparable to what's going on now and not just in leadership but just in masculinity alone is uh you ever see gladiator a long time ago. Which one is that? Is that the one Russell Crowe one? Yeah, Russell Crowe. Fuck yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. And yeah. That, that's a major lesson in, in leadership. Yeah. Even, you know, masculinity versus the F men or even the, you know, the J group. Yeah. That tribe. Yeah. So, yeah, you ought to pick that up and, you know, it's a good three hour investment. Right that one there. is a good three hour investment. I think I actually, I think I did that. So a lot of times when I'm doing my cardio at the gym, I'll throw a movie on. Well, I only yeah. do like 30 minutes at a time. So it takes me multiple days. That one was a <laughs> long one. Just grab the popcorn, you know. Yeah. And, he, the and, 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 and the biggest, the biggest thing with that movie and, and, and it's the hero, it's the hero's tale. It's the Joseph Campbell's hero's hero's tale is he has a place of power. His father is murdered. Or not his father, but the 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 leader the leader of the country is murdered by Marcus his own Aurelius. son. Yep. Marcus Aurelius is is murdered by his own son. His son sees that the men are going to follow. Is it Gerard Butler? Right. No, it's uh, Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe. Um, the 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 son sees that the that the people of power in the country are going to follow Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's character then gets. Basically, they try to murder him, but he gets out of it because he is a lifetime, you know, he's a warrior. Um, He gets sold into slavery and then works his way all the way back to his home country as a gladiator. And, you know, we don't want to spoil We don't want to spoiler alert it, but it is he didn't he didn't make his way back to power because he said i am powerful he made his way back to power because he kept his fucking mouth shut and he showed people what he was about yeah and he didn't want the position of leadership he just wanted to retire on his farm and with his kids take care of his family murder yeah his wife and child yep which there's something to say you, you i would never want to be in that position i would never want to be in the position of outliving my wife and children God forbid yeah. it ever happens, but the the absolute fuck it that comes with being in that position, I no longer have anything to live for except for the rage that is boiling in my stomach. Yeah. If you put yourself there mentally, it's like, holy shit, that's powerful. Yeah. So better uh, grab that movie and watch it. Awesome. <laughs> what else about masculinity? What do you got? No, I just got the... You know, with the social uh, reconstruction of masculinity is nowadays and, you know, how, you know, you're seeing everything on the news about, you know, machismo is negative and, you know, they're calling everything names testosterone poisoning. Um, Yeah, it's just how do we get back to where we need to be? How do we get back to where, you know, masculinity is looked at as a positive trait? Because now you have... You know, women that want equality, 
So now the women are becoming like men. And sometimes the women are taking over the men's roles and they don't want to. No, they're, they're, they're taking them over out of necessity. If you want to, awesome. I support yeah. every fucking dream of every person around me if they're good people. Yeah. And if you want those roles, awesome. Do it. But if you're, it's pretty fucking sad if you're just doing it because you have to do it. Right. If you're doing it, if you're doing it because you are a single mother of two kids who husband walked out on him or you maybe you don't even know where he went. He just left. Maybe he's not even in their life. Maybe it's two different, yeah. you know, babies, daddies that drop their seed in you because they're pieces of shit and you have to be the both roles. Yeah. And I think you see a lot more of that than women that, you know, want to just and take th- it on by themselves. And I think that's not to get totally off topic, but I think that that is a little bit of the negative outcome of the welfare state of our country because you can, you can live now as a single mom with three kids without getting child support. Yeah. I know someone who refused to put one of two names on a birth certificate for a kid they just had because if they, they she refused to put name a name on oh, because she's going to get a lot more help because she'll get a lot more help. 100%. Yeah, I, I I know some women by, you know, some of the uh, programs that I've worked with, with the homeless or you know feeding uh, feeding families, and you know they take advantage of that, and by that by having multiple seeds, multiple kids, and the more they, more seeds they have, more support they get, so it could be three, four, you know, different guys, and then we're propagating damaged households. Yeah. With people who can't take care of themselves raising other people. And but I don't know that there's a fix for that. Start getting rid of the freebies and uh, you'll see that starting to go away. Right. Um, another another one that I talked about, I kind of hit on, but this one kind of hit is the escapism that we see today. Um because it hurts not to be the person that you want to be. It hurts not to be in a relationship that you feel a lot of love. It hurts to work a job you don't enjoy. And instead of being completely personally responsible, instead of being completely personally responsible and saying I am in a shitty predicament I am going to fucking fix it we see people that numb themselves right and that's where the escapism comes in that I mentioned earlier and some examples of escapism um, are masturbation drugs alcohol gambling that's a materialism materialism I was trying to say that like a spending is what I was trying. But yes, materialism, 100%. And it's just all of this trying to get a $10 high for 50 cents. Yeah. Right? So how do we fix it? I put together some bullet points. (laughs) I have two. I separated my bullet points into two. 
First thing is to become more masculine yourself. The second thing is if you are a parent, how to try to implement more masculinity into your kids. So how to become more masculine yourself? Stop numbing the pain. Live in the pain. Realize that the pain is like a big fucking dash light. You can put tape over the dash light, but guess what? The brakes are still going to fucking fall apart. The engine's still going to fall out. You're still going to run out of gas. Doesn't stop the problem. So stop numbing the pain. Ditch the drugs. Ditch the alcohol. And when I say alcohol, I mean excessive alcohol. I don't mean having a drink with friends. I don't. I mean the people that drink every fucking night to numb the pain. Quit beating your meat. Quit doom scrolling thank you jimmy smith i that i'm fucking that one has made it (laughs) into my vocabulary from from his from his podcast um quit getting into useless fucking arguments how many people do you see with the fucking trolling arguments get off get off social media yeah if you're using it like we talk about here all the time if you're using it like a fucking tool for positive benefit for inspiration for connection for contact to awesome people that you would never meet in your hometown that's fucking good but if you're blowing your time making bullshit arguments on fucking facebook turn the goddamn phone off stop making excuses man how many people do you know that make every fucking excuse in the book every single day and i have extreme personal responsibility not just personal responsibility not just being responsible but extreme or personal responsibility i don't care where the fuck you are. I don't care what put you in the place you are. I don't care if it's your, you know, socioeconomic status, your skin color, your one leg, your no arms, your shitty wife, your whatever. Today is the day that you say, I am responsible where I go from here. I take responsibility starting today. It doesn't mean that you have to say everything that happened to you is okay. It means that from here, the right foot is going to go in front of the left foot and we are going to go get on a positive path and be honest with yourself. If you have one of those, if you if you're doing some of those early numbing activities, why? What's causing it? Is it a poor relationship? Is it bad timing? Is it poor relationships with your kids? Is it you have no friends? Is it you have completely let yourself go and you hate how you look in the mirror? Is it you hate how you feel? Is it your job? What is it? Because you know exactly what it is. The minute that you start looking into yourself, you go, oh, it's this, this, and this. Yeah. And personal responsibility comes, starts with being honest with yourself. Yes. Yeah. I think so many people get away from that nowadays that, I mean, we're seeing it from the top down. I mean, everybody's talking about somebody's got to take some personal responsibility for actions that are happening right now in the world. Yep. But I think it starts with everybody looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what do I need to improve on? Everybody, everybody. looking in the mirror. Yep. We're not, I'm not here to look at you. I'm here to say, this is how I think you best can go about it. You have to do it. Yep. Everyone is human. Everyone quits early at some point in time. Everyone fails. Everyone gives in. Everyone fucks up. It is how you, it is the next step past each one of those things that makes you the man. It is 
fuck, I just quit. I think I've told this Goggins story on here before, but when he was training to get in to Bud's, not even at Bud's, he was trained. He was, this was just his pre-training where he lost his hundred pounds in three months or whatever it was. He had one workout that he talks about in his book. It was supposed to be a hundred pull-ups. And I think he got like 92 and he told himself it was okay. We're good. He got 92 pull-ups. You're good. You're fine. And he was on his drive home when he, when he realized you motherfucker. And he sent himself back to the bar. He said, and, and that's where I get, I, I use the line all the time. Get, put the bitch back on the bar. He sent himself back to the gym. He turned around, drove back and he did a hundred, not just the eight that he fucking quit on. He punished himself. He did the yeah. full hundred. Now, after I've done a hundred pull-ups in one workout, it sucks. If I did 92 pull-ups and had to drive back to the gym, I would be doing one pull-up at a time to get to a fucking hundred. That would be punishment. But that is what makes the stronger human being is holding yourself accountable. Learn emotional control. Learn to control your emotions. We all feel emotions. We all get pissed. We all get sad. We all get horny. We all get these, all of these crazy emotions. We're humans. We are emotional, but it's learning to control that gap between stimulus and action. And how do you learn that gap between stimulus and action is with mindfulness. It sounds so hippy dippy that people are like, oh, I'm not going to meditate. It's not meditation. You're not sitting around listening to um. it is learning to control your own mental state. And by by taking that little gap between stimulus and action and becoming aware of that gap and then widening that gap, it gives you the upper hand. And the only way to do that is to become completely aware and have some sort of mindfulness practice. All right. Having that awareness uh, allows you to control your emotions. Don't let your emotions control you. Yes. Because you're seeing that a lot nowadays. It's the currency of the day. And one thing that I know really helped me was learning about stoicism. Stoicism is just, it's a, this stoic philosophers all had this kind of things happen to me or around me, but not in me. You rear end me in a car wreck, right? You weren't paying attention. You're on your fucking phone. You rear ended me. That happened. But that didn't happen to me. You didn't fucking drive out of your way to hit me. So, yeah, it sucks. But we're going to be stoic. We're going to control our emotion. We're going to move on. If I broke something, we're going to get me to the hospital. Your insurance is going to pay for it. But getting pissed off and screaming and blaming you doesn't put me anywhere. It just it just takes my emotional state and takes me from a from an eight to a four. And that's, that's basically, that's the base of stoicism. Find your purpose. And this one's tough. Find your purpose. What's your gift? What were you put on this world to do? That's different for everybody. And it's not a simple search, but it's one of the most important searches that you're ever going to do. Yeah. But the only way to get there is you got to stop that numbing. I think I just see way too many people, you know, materialism, materialism is the biggest one that keeps people from, you know, realizing who they really are because materialism allows people to pretend to be something else you know whether it's by what you drive what you wear 
you know, what you own or a house you have. You know, sometimes people use that as their identity and they focus so much on that, so much energy, so much finances that it just, they, they never find out who they really are. And then you're stuck in the rat And then you're stuck in the rat race. Yeah. There's no contentment at all. You just got to have more, got to have more, got to have more. And these are the people that, you know, I used to know people that I used to hang out with, but the problem is every time you hung out with them, it was always to look at the new addition to the house, look at the new vehicle, you know, never once did I hear them tell any guests, you know, that, Hey, you got something nice there. I'd see a guest buy a new car or something. They pull up and they couldn't even say something, you know, constructive about that or give them a compliment. And what's happened is, you know, this couple, you know, everybody's kind of left them. They kind of went away from them and there they are having to find another group to impress. So there's just, there's nothing in materialism or even numbing yourself. That's going to, you know, help you find yourself. No, you're basically, yeah. The numbing, the numbing is putting the, is putting the, the black tape over the dash light and the materialism is then writing Bentley on the middle of your Honda Civic gauge cluster, <laughs> right? Like it's you're fake. You're faking I've seen some Bentleys. Yeah. Like oh, for sure. Chrysler's that they like put a little. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. On there. Um, start working harder, but in the right direction. Because I can't tell you how many people that I know that put in a lot of effort, but they're basically just running on treadmills, right? Like they're not working in the right direction and. I know you and I have talked about it a lot before we have the fleeting, right? We have, the, we have the fleeting too many, what is it? Too many irons in the pot. Is that oh, what it's too many irons in the there fire? There you go. Yeah. Too many irons, the fleeting, too many irons in the fire. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not moving any big fucking boulder anywhere because I'm moving a bunch of little pedals all the time. Yeah. So start working harder and trust me, you don't work hard enough. Fucking look at people like Goggins and people like Jocko and people like Tim Kennedy. I started doing those Tim Kennedy four pillars workouts once a week. Fuck you. Holy <laughs> shit. Mind you, it's just it's basically upgraded CrossFit. But dude, those suck. Yeah. But you're not working hard enough no matter what. I'm not working hard enough. You're not working hard enough. Nobody's working hard enough. Work on being more decisive. I I that one's hits home a little bit. I'm very I, I him and haw once in a while. Oh, really? Yeah. Eh, should I do this? I don't know. And then I'll weigh both sides and go back and forth. Just f- make a decision. Make it make it uh, a realistic decision with the with the information you have and stick behind it. And if you fuck up, admit when you're wrong. Yep. Hone your skill set. I know Byron talked about this one. You know, sla- you know, s- slapping on your slapping on your skills. No, what did he say? Banging on your skills to get them better. When you when you get a skill set, realize that the only thing that is going to hone that skill set is doing it. Yep. We're going to get better every podcast. A hundred podcasts from now, we're going to be fucking amazing. But the only way to do it is to do those hundred podcasts. We don't just magically put in the, you know, buy some sort of fucking recorder system that makes us all of a sudden sound awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For all those sharpshooters out there, you're not going to watch a uh, movie. You're not going to watch John Wick and all of a sudden, you know, get on a range and be. Oh, I just bought a Super new range, dude. I just bought where are we at? Oh, we still got a little bit of time. I just bought a new uh, FN 509 LS Edge. 
Um, it's an awesome nine millimeter. Yeah. I love it. It's gorgeous. It's it's smooth and feels great in my hand. I fucking held because I don't have a full size nine. I I have full size forty fives yeah. and then I have a carry nine. So I was like, oh, I should get a full size nine, right? Because once you start shooting nine, you're like, oh, this shit's cheap as fuck. Oh yeah. So you can bang you know a few hundred rounds and it doesn't break the bank. Um, so I started holding all these different the Sig P three sixty. The um, the Canic, the it was a bunch of different guns that I was I felt them, held them, shot a few of them, and this 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 FN just felt perfect, felt like butter in my hand. Yeah. So I get out and I start running it. I mean, I ran fucking three four hundred rounds in the first week. Legitimately, had to knock a lot of rust off. Like yeah. it, there was there was some there was some rusty dirt there. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of people. You know, I think Marcus Luttrell even uh, ran this once where uh, some guy challenged him to go on a range, right? And Luttrell hadn't shot for a while. And uh, and this guy beat him, you know, just basically shooting paper. Yeah. But, you know, people have to realize that, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a SEAL, a beret, you know, ranger. It's if you don't practice, if you don't get your your muscle memory and constantly work at it, that skill set, it goes away. It's like working out. Same thing. So for the young guys that, you know, if you're getting into in a shooting, spend time on a range or spend time um, just drawing with a blank, you know, drawing, drawing, and, acquiring, and, drawing and acquiring your, the site acquisition. Yeah. Site acquisition is is that goes away so fast. Yeah. And uh, have somebody load your have somebody load your mags with an unknown number of bullets. Oh, have somebody load your mags with an unknown number of bullets because you will catch yourself flinching and pulling and pushing and all this shit because you don't know how many you're getting to your last one. Right. So you're like one, two, three click. And you can, that's when you see it. You don't see it when it actually fires. You yeah. see it when you drive fire, when you don't know it's coming. And then you're like, oh, fuck. You, you watch yourself push the push the barrel down. You watch yourself cut it in left. You watch yourself do all this nasty shit that you don't catch when you're actually firing real bullets. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of people. Yeah, I was scared of the muzzle break. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, back to back to back to masculinity. Get stronger, faster, and healthier. And we all can be stronger. We all can be healthier. Yep. We all can be faster. We all can have more endurance. Yeah, I mean, spend don't spend your time jerking off. I mean, spend your time basically studying. You know, learn every day. There's so much out there to learn about workouts, so much out there to learn about diets. And guess what? It's you try some, it doesn't work. You know, I mean, I'm what, almost 50 years old last week talking to Jimmy. All of a sudden I tried, uh, you know what? I always had this mindset that there's a limitation how much protein I can take in one sitting. And that's what's caused me so much grief trying to plan eating, you know, trying to get the amount of protein that I need to maintain, you know. Uh, my physique and it's just when Jimmy Elson said oh yeah don't worry about that and your body's going to use it if you know you've broken down your body and needs to repair right and last week I tried it and it was just like night and day workouts were amazing I mean I was pulling four wheels today no problem uh, and I could just kept adding more and uh yeah body just feels good and it doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart you know every the second day after and you're 50 years old yeah, almost. But you well, know. yeah, or whatever. You're close. You're right goddamn the corner. You're goddamn close to fifty months. years old. But yeah, it's uh just a little tweak like that. You try it, and it's like, hey, it works. 
And guess what? You're going to try a lot of different diets that aren't going to work. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to at least get to that point. Instead of just sitting there philosophizing about diets or exercise. Arguing about diets? Arguing with other people. Oh, my God. You can't do keto. You can't do carnivore. You can't do this. Do do whatever the fuck makes you feel good. Yeah. It's nothing worse than you having an out-of-shape doctor or out-of-shape people sitting there arguing with you about being healthy. I'm like, why don't you turn around and just apply half that shit you're trying to tell me? (sighs) You know, so it's just a waste of time. Uh, as far as the materialism issues go, intelligent allocation of funds. Stop buying too stupid shit to num- numb your pain. We This was a big one that we uh, tried to implement with our kids, especially with grandparents, because grandparents want to buy your kids fucking everything. They just want to they want to be the grandparents that come to Christmas with the big ass bag of toys. So oh, what yeah. we did is we made our grandparents or you know, our parents start investing in experiences instead of investing in things. So instead of you buying them fucking $200 in toys, you need to take them and give them an experience that they will remember. And that was almost like, that was almost like pulling teeth for grandparents. Fuck yeah. Oh, wow. You think they like, you'd think they'd want it, but you know, it's it's just different, right? It's different. Right. Support the wildest dreams of the people you care about. And that one, I can't, I can't even like talk about how important that is. I mean, when somebody around me says something like, man, you know, that thing that you did opened my eyes or that thank you for pushing me or my wife will be like, I'm super grateful today for your push to do this extra thing. And it's like, fuck, man, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of people that are like, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, man, I like that. And I always tell them, what's stopping you? Yeah, you can't. What exactly is stopping you? Yeah. And there's there's really no excuse not to be able to do anything. So that's every that's everything I have. There, I'm sure there's a million more things, but we are on like an hour six. So I'm gonna quickly go through how to raise how to raise it's raise boys to be more masculine, but it's not just boys. I mean, this is how to raise kids better. Um regularly talk to them about being personally responsible show them what it's like to be personal response personally responsible and incentivize them to be personally responsible if they come to you and say hey i did this i fucked up then hey tell them you know what because you did that the punishment is going to be less or there's not going to be a punishment because you were personally responsible and you came to me and you told me and that then incentivize it's just like training fucking dogs yeah Support them when they want to give up and lovingly push them to try harder. And I put lovingly push them to try harder because it's not being a fucking dick. It's not. But when they want to give up, tell them you got more in there. I know you can do it. Take a breath. Regroup. Let's go again. Show them how to experience life. You know, your kids learn from you. They don't. They it's it's not the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. I mean, you got to show them how to do it. Show them how to admit when you're wrong. That means you admit when you're wrong, too. And that's been a big one for us in the last 10 years with our kids is, hey, we're human, too. We fuck up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I messed up. I read that thing wrong. I didn't do that right. I'm really sorry. Be a fucking human being. Push them towards their passions. You know what your kids' passions are. You can see it. Yeah. I can tell you in, in a second what my two kids' passions are. Push them towards it. It doesn't mean that they have to do that the rest of their life. It doesn't mean they have to do that for work, but push them to explore their passions. If your kid loves soccer, 
but maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're not going to be a soccer player, but Hey, they could coach soccer. They could yeah. be a soccer writer. They could be, you know, a fucking bus driver for a professional soccer team. Who knows? Right. But push them towards their passions. As long as they enjoy it. Right. That's right. And don't be the parent that uh, yeah li- tries to live their dreams to their kids. No, you know what your kids' passions are, right. and they're not the same as yours. Yep. They're not. Implement a regular mindfulness practice and do it with them to create the habit because you can't just tell them to do it. You're going to have to do it with them. They got to build the habit. And if you start that early from every from every parenting and child raising book that I've ever read, that is one of the most important things that you can do to help your kids is the mindfulness practice because they're growing right now. Their brain is elastic. And yeah. if you can get that started this early, then that will pay dividends for the rest of their life. Glorify hard work, not cutting corners. And this is another big one from all the stuff that I've read is praise the effort, not the outcome. But you can't praise false effort. If your kid puts in a half ass effort and doesn't get anything done, you can't say I'm really proud of how hard you work there because that doesn't do anything. But the times that your kid does try their ass off and gets an F or tries their ass off and loses, you praise the shit out of how hard they worked, not the outcome. Even if they even if they work their ass off and get an A or work their ass off and win that game, you are not awesome because you won. You are awesome because I saw all those fucking sweat hours that you put in. Yeah. Engineer their diet. All that shit starts early, man. You can't feed your kids fish sticks every day and expect yeah. them to become something. Set the example. Work out with them. Be fun. Have, you know, have fun with them. Go on walks, go on bike rides, you know, take them to the gymnasium, stuff like that. Like build a healthy lifestyle with them. A big one for especially for single moms that don't necessarily have the time or ability to do a lot of this is martial arts. Martial arts implements the physical. It implements the mental. It implements the respect and the responsibility. I'm sure there's a lot of martial arts that are better than other ones, but they all have a similar that requires a level of discipline yes. to get in any. Be an intelligent part of their lives. Don't baby them and call them on their bullshit. So you know when they're trying and when they're not trying. Right. You don't have to be a dick about it. Be like, hey, I saw that. You gave up. Why'd you give up? Because you didn't think you could do it? I think you can do it. Let's go back and try again. Oh, you, you, yeah. you, you know, you couldn't do those monkey bars here. Let's try it. You do two and I'll, and I'll catch you. I think, oh, you almost got two. I think you can do three. Parent your fucking kids. Right. And the biggest thing is be an example, because if you want disciplined kids, you got to be disciplined yourself because they're going to be watching. And if you're just telling them to do stuff you're not willing to do, they're just going to look at you and be like, oh, well, mom or dad doesn't do it. Why should I have to do it? Or if you're making excuses for yourself and they see that. They'll do the same they're thing. They're going to do the same goddamn thing. Yep. Wow. Hour and 12 minutes. We got to wrap this up. I really didn't think this was going to go that long. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great fucking day. All right. Peace out. Peace out.